0: Nice. Okay. Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align and three friends chat true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they could fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah and Meredith, and this is episode 65. Woo! Yay! So we are Serilis and guest list so it's just the two of us and we might be Sarahless for a while because she's also going yeah to teach is, is she teaching what is she doing i know she's not having fun no it's a lot of work she's like a teaching assistant for the class and then okay. also trying to do some of her own research too yes yeah, sarah's gonna be gone for a while we'll make it work again you know we did this we'll do it again Any housekeeping? No housekeeping. I have one thing for Pearl. I thought of another job that I would like. I would like to be a reenactor in a true crime documentary. Doesn't that sound fun? Oh my God, that sounds amazing. You don't even have to be a good actor. You can be terrible. It'll be so bad and it's like so charming. I wonder if we all three could get on. Oh my God. Right? Oh, I love it. I am. Uh, just to be the cadaver or the body. I know. Just just let me lay there. Actually, that sounds great. <laughs> I'll just take a nap. Uh, so I was watching some true crime documentaries tonight. and I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, this looks super fun. Uh, yeah, it does. I also watched the hockey documentary. It was super fun. Did you like Tommy the T-Bone Pompasello? Oh, my God. Yeah. AJ. I, I guess I wasn't quite imagining AJ, but... I should have been imagining AJ to look exactly like that. Yeah. A lot of the focus of the documentary is on AJ. And I wanted my story to be more about Jimmy and then like the Rico stuff. But the documentary has a lot more about AJ. And it's a good documentary. I enjoyed it. I watched it twice. I do feel, like, more generous towards AJ after watching that documentary mm-hmm. than I did during the our uh, recording. Yeah. He actually did put together a very good hockey team, just yeah. uh, not quite following the rules, but... Well, he didn't have the, <laughs> I guess, the best influence about following rules, mm-hmm. technically. Not at all. He really put his heart and soul into it, and so you have to really appreciate was that. Like, I know, for being only 17, to be honest, that's... Mm-hmm. He was like, talking about all the statistics and everything that he was going into. And I was like, that's actually kind of impressive for 17. Oh, yeah, because I was not doing no. anything like that at 17. No. So that was also a good, I forgot what it's called, but it's on the website. Untold Crime and Penalties. Okay, yeah, that was it, Untold. All righty. Well. Check it out, folks. Do it. It's, it was a fun little watch. Well, let's get into this thing that I brought. Sounds good. So didn't have a ton of time to put this together, especially because I just banged out two big scripts in a row. So this is going to be a weird one. There's not really going to be a specific case. And okay. this is only tangentially related to true crime. <laughs> okay. We have the caveat that we do talk a lot of bullshit. so. And this is going to be like straight bullshit, not even witchy bullshit. Okay. I love it. It was my word of today was bullshit, so it's fitting. Oh, I meant for Wordle, and I was like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) No, that makes sense. I'm also ready for the next month of Wordle to start. I still am on the fence. I just, I feel there's a level of guilt to taking your money three months in a row. (laughs) Well. Keeping in kind of with our lighter summer theme that we've been doing over the previous couple episodes and linking back to that Bigfoot erotica bit from the Sasquatch episode, oh, which was fun to write and record, I have a weird hodgepodge of fun slash weird facts about sex, weird laws about sex, fetishes, one extremely famous bestiality case, and one extreme case of aggressive hybristophilia. What is so that? We will learn all about it. Oh, I'm gonna learn something today. You're gonna learn so much. This is this was such a weird script to write. There's a lot of bullet points, but um, I'm so excited. I think it should just be kind of fun. So Hell there's yeah. a little bit of crime in it. Well, first, in the United States, we are a United States podcast. I didn't look anywhere else. The average age that a citizen has sex for the first time is 17. Hmm. Okay. Have an average of four to six partners in their lifetime and have sex on average once a week. Okay and we did learn that that is good for male testosterone levels. It's also very good for men's health, but I think the reason they have nothing to say about women's health is because they didn't do the research on it. Oh want 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 indeed but um same only partially average that's just a starting point so you know figure out whether you're average or not listeners let us know let us know i'm gonna say let hannah know <laughs> okay i'll say currently the only thing i'm average on right now is the partners thing i definitely was a little older when i had sex for the first time i have the right to remain silent okay <laughs> you can you can use that right do you need a lawyer present no <laughs> <laughs> well you might and for this next part oh shit if you are going to do the deed keep in mind some of these weird laws that are on the books yes let's hear them Some of these technically might not be true, but they are fun. Okay, I'm down. And I kind of looked, and I, but I kind of said whatever. So, if you want to have sex with Satan in Bakersfield, California, you must wear a condom or face jail time. Okay, (laughs) is that where he lives? Oh, maybe because I'm like, is that how? That's just another reason not to go to Bakersfield. It's basically just like a worse Fresno. Okay. And I feel like Satan could live in either one of those places. Okay. So. Hmm. Interesting. Have Satan come to you if you don't live in Bakersfield, and then you don't have to glove up. There you go. Wait, he has to wear the condom. Well, not necessarily. No, I guess. Is Satan genderless? Well, according to one of my favorite rando TV shows, he likes both girls and boys. Okay, good. Good for him. All right. If your preferences lean towards the spiky type... Don't go to Florida, where sexual relations with a porcupine are banned. I would say that's a good call. Which should just, it comes with its own, like, deterrent, I feel like. Florida, man. I just, I don't think the porcupine wants to be a part of this. Woo! Louisiana is one of the only states where it is legal to commit necrophilia. Oh. But no oral or anal sex of the corpse. Uh, so just the lady hole. No. we said no anal, no oral. Yes, just the lady hole. Okay. No anal, no oral. So only men could have relations with... I guess. I didn't actually read the law, so I'm not sure if you could give oral to a corpse. Either way, it's just not a good idea. Probably, but, okay. wait, probably no. No, no, no. What the fuck, so, Louisiana? <laughs> I know, but it's still kind of legal. All right. It is illegal to have a beard in Indiana if you, quote have a tendency to habitually kiss other humans, end quote. So it's kind of up to the discretion of the courts on that one, what habitually kiss means. And I guess if you want to branch out from humans, you can have a beard. Most of these two are laws directed at men. But I think just because no one ever, no one was thinking about women for a long time. Sure. As a person who has a bearded spouse, I, I have no complaints. Well, we could ask the question if you're being kissed habitually, but we don't need to get into that. I am married. <laughs> so we don't need to get into that. In Minnesota, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. It's illegal for a man to have sex with a live fish. Well, that's a good plan to Dead not fish. do that. Yeah. Oh, so they can be, fish fish need to be yeah, fish necrophiles. They can. And women can do whatever they want. Live or dead. Okay. Yeah. In Texas, conservative hellhole, you cannot own more than six dildos at one time. Why? The power grid? Oh my god. They do need to watch their electricity usage. Can't get <laughs> batteries. I do not know why on that one at all. And why six? That's... I don't know. Why do we settle on six? Because seven is just too many. Seven is disgusting. <laughs> six is just fine. Six is okay, but you're toeing the law right there. Adam and Eve, hook us up. Oh, I was like, Adam and Eve in the Bible. No, Adam and Eve. Oh, no. (laughs) None of us live in Texas. We could buy more than six dildos. We can have as many as we want. So, Virginia is for lovers, but if you are in Rombach, Virginia, you have to keep the lights off during all forms of sexual intercourse. It might be a good thing. I know, I'm like, I don't know anything about Rombach, Virginia, besides that, but that's that. And then this one, this is going to be pure sarcasm, everybody, but in the most egregious infringement on American rights in Wisconsin, it is illegal for a man to fire a gun while his partner is climaxing. So there's that. (laughs) That does mean that the man, well, if the man was having sex with a woman, he did make the woman come. That might be worth shooting a gun over. Yeah. (laughs) but you can't sorry guys sorry guys sorry sorry keep your gun away from the bedroom if you want to sell a reptile in illinois you must provide a written note to the purchaser telling them not to kiss the reptile (laughs) that is your responsibility as the seller (laughs) i mean can they sarah would know this so i know Do we give them diseases through saliva or something like that? I feel like they would give us diseases, more likely, but... I think we're probably dirtier than they are. Sarah, let us know. Sarah, you're missing a lot of good stuff on this one. Yes, you are. This one I'm mostly fine with. It is illegal in Colorado to kiss a sleeping woman. Thank you. Leave me alone. I'm sleeping. You're about to get punched in the face if you wake me up. I don't want to be awoken by your, like... Sweet kisses. I don't want to be awoken. The rule in my house is you never wake a sleeping mama. That's a great rule. Mm-hmm. In Alexandria, Minnesota, it is illegal for a man to have sex with his wife if his breath smells of garlic, onions, or sardines. Sardines, sure. But garlic and Garlic and onions, onions seem like a part of almost every meal, but... I'm not mad at garlic ever. Brush your teeth first, I guess. It's good dental hygiene. True brush your teeth, men. Mm -hmm. In Ames, Iowa, it is illegal for a man to take more than three sips of beer while lying in bed with their wives. So get (laughs) trashed first. Oh, husband, you're getting arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't go to Ames, Iowa. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Okay, there has to be a story behind this one, but I don't know what it is. But it is illegal for any member of a Nevada legislature to conduct official business while wearing a penis costume. <laughs> so somebody did it. Somebody definitely did it. Oh, And I had to put this one on the books, but I don't, I don't have the story, but I love it. It had to be in Las Vegas. So like Nevada is just an entire lawless wasteland. Springfield, Missouri has banned the side boob and the under boob, which sounds funny, until you learn that this law was enacted by a bunch of sourpuss conservatives in response to a Free the Nipple rally. So, no top boob, no side boob. Or no under boob? No under boob, no side boob. So no crop tops and no tank tops? I think top boob is still okay. But there was also a provision like no butt shake. In school, remember, they used to be like, it's gotta touch your fingertips. I know. I was like, great. I have long ass arms. like, I might as well be wearing pants. (laughs) It's hot. Okay, last one I have is Washington State. Yay. It is illegal for strippers to wear devices that stimulate pubic hair. And I have no idea what that means. Okay, I gotta Google this. I don't get that. I also tried to Google this as well, but I'm like, devices that stimulate pubic hair? Like growth? Whatever it is, it's illegal, but I don't know what it is. But... While I was doing my Googling, this did bring me to an article in the peer-reviewed journal Urology entitled, Pubic Hair Grooming Injuries Presenting to the U.S. Emergency Departments. Oh my god. And I will never publish a paper with that great of a title in my entire life. That's amazing. Gonna go into that a little bit too. So, from 2002 to 2010, there were 335 ER visits for genitourinary, or GU, injuries related to pubic hair grooming. These numbers increased approximately linearly during the study, with more than one-third of the actual injuries occurring in the 2009-2010 year. It skewed slightly female. 56.7% were female, but still a decent amount of males are nicking something. I would say they have more potential for more damaging (sighs) stuff, I guess. I always find it difficult. It is difficult, for sure. Yeah. I guess, like... But they can at least kind of see what they're doing. But on the underside for them? Yeah, that's true. Well, the mean age was 30.8 years, but it skewed older for men. So that would be 38.3 years for men and younger for women, 25.2 years. So women figure it out young, I guess. And maybe men don't start until later. Razors are the main culprit, 83%. And lacerations are the most common type of injury. 36.6%. 36.6%. So be careful out there or down there or wherever you are. <laughs> the months with the greatest injury rates are November and August. No idea why. Thanksgiving and end of summer. I don't really celebrate either of those things. <laughs> I'm just guessing. It's definitely not Valentine's Day or New Year's. Like, Well, you're drunk on New Year's, so it doesn't matter. Fair. Okay. Well, if you have any idea listeners why November and August are where there's the most pubic grooming injuries let us know cuz I don't know. Most of the injuries occurred just as you would expect, but someone did slip and fall onto a razor and another accidentally shaved over a spider bite and just was bleeding everywhere and I was like, blah, blah. "Why do they have a spider bite down there?" You know. I don't know. Spiders can get anywhere. That's true. I did one time read this article, and it's been years, so I don't know who the fuck wrote it, but that you are never more than three feet away from a spider in or outdoors. I feel like I've heard that as well. I mean, they're probably in the walls. There's a black widow living in my garage. You still haven't got rid of that? No. I thought the kitties wanted to go out there. They do, but they don't get to. They get to go out into the backyard. That's better than the fucking garage. Yeah, that's true. All right. So that was grooming. We're going to move on to fun sex facts. Fun. All right. So there is paleolithic art dating back 30,000 years that depicts people using dildos, which means that humans invented sex toys before they invented the wheel. That's amazing. Was important. <laughs> we don't need to go anywhere as long as we have this stuff. Yeah, we're fine. Bunch of introverts. Love them. As a microbiologist, I had to include this fact. The during one kiss, whether or not your partner is bearded, you will exchange (laughs) 80 million bacteria. What? Not to worry. That's really nothing in the grand scheme of things. And they're usually not pathogenic. But there's a museum in Amsterdam called the Microbes Museum Micropia, which is all about microbes. It's super fun. This might be a biased recommendation, but I had a great time. And at any rate, there's a kiss station where you can kiss your partner and it will tell you how many bacteria have been exchanged, which I imagine is just based on the length of the kiss or something. But Okay. And my scientific professional picture was also taken there next to a glass-blown giardia. It's a very good museum. Excellent. I have a funny story about Amsterdam real quick. (laughs) When I went to Europe, I was 12, so it wasn't as Hmm. much fun as it it could have been, yeah. but it still was a ton of fun. I still got to drink beer for the first time Oh, with a family member at a pub in Germany, which was a blast. But we did go to Amsterdam. We went to this like farmer's market, essentially, and I bought some lavender perfume from this vendor and it smelled beautiful. It was in this little glass vial. It's not marked, right? Uh-huh. Totally forgot about it. It was in my pocket when we went back through security and the um what do you call it what's the customs yeah and of course I don't speak any of those languages and so they had to have uh, an English speaking person come over to talk to me and I'm like perf I'm like perfume perfume and I was like uh, yeah. just making it fucking worse but essentially I have this like vial of like questionable liquid <laughs> at twelve. I don't know, like our twelve, but <laughs> as I'm flying back from Belgium, so like it was, it was interesting. I mean, they finally got the gist of it. I'm like lavender flowers, perfume, perfume, perfume. Like, <laughs> like why, why is this twelve year old just gesturing? I know. <laughs> Anyways, Amsterdam, it's good times. Amsterdam is one of my favorite cities to go to, to be in. I look forward to going back again someday, where I can f- have a a better enjoyment of. All of the festivities. I feel very at home there. So, well, despite not having any bones, erect penises can break, often with an audible cracking sound. In this case, it is the corpus cavernosum that's fractured, which is the sponge like erectile tissue that fills with blood during the erection. And like broken, broken? It heals. Okay. But that's why it leans to the left, ladies. It hurts. Yeah. That might be why it has a sharp kink. Some men even break their penises on purpose. Aye. It's known as tikondan, which means to click in Kurdish, and you hold the lower shaft of your erect penis with one hand and then use the other to quickly snap the upper shaft. If you do it correctly, it is apparently painless and you are rewarded with the loss of erection and a satisfying popping noise. It's kinda like popping your knuckles, I guess. We're going to the chiropractor? We're popping our penis. Popping penis. Okay. (laughs) This one is particularly weird. So a study was published in 2005 in Biological Psychology, where the researchers had a sample group of 18 heterosexual women and 18 heterosexual men, which is admittedly a small sample size. But Mm -hmm. regardless, this group was shown two pornographic videos, one featuring humans and one featuring chimpanzees. Men showed no arousal when watching the chimpanzee... The chimpan, chimpanzee... Chimpanzee? Chimpanzee? Men... <laughs> chimpanzee! Chimpanzee! Men showed no sexual arousal while watching the chimpanzee porn, but women did. No way! No way! You'd think it would be the other way around. Uh, yeah, weird. That one was like, oh, interessante. Oh! Uh, and this... Might not come as too much of a surprise, but in this study, the men only showed genital arousal when exposed to female pornographic stimuli, while women showed genital arousal to both male and female pornographic stimuli. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, an estimate cited in Postgraduate Medical Journal claimed that 0.6% of all sudden deaths occurred during sex which sounds small when described as a percentage, but translates to one in every 200 sudden death cases. Wow. Right? Like aneurysm or? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so primarily aneurysm, heart attack, brain hemorrhages are the primary things that hit them. My fear is not during sex, but like to die of an aneurysm while I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't really have fears Of my body being found because I'll be dead, whatever. Yeah, but so, like, I don't know. I think my fear is just dying of an aneurysm. Well, that's true. (laughs) I know, but, like, I don't want to be on the toilet and somebody's got to be, like, like, get me off the toilet and then they're like, oh, she took a massive dump before she died. (laughs) She wasn't finished. Uh So, former Vice President Nelson Rockefeller had a heart attack and died in 1979 while climaxing. This opened up a bit of a scandal because the 70-year-old Rockefeller was having sex with his 25-year-old maid, Megan, not maid, aide, named Megan Marshak. So, age gap. And New York Magazine published an article on this event with the headline, quote, Nelson thought he was coming, but he was going. Oh, (laughs) snap. (laughs) I love that. I was so, I love it. An Atlanta Police Department officer died in 2009 while participating in a threesome. His wife sued his doctor and won a $3 million settlement based on the fact that her husband had arthrosclerotic coronary artery disease and his doctor had not. Properly diagnosed or advised him. Okay. And this one was super weird. Apparently, Matthew McConaughey's father died from a heart attack while having sex with Matthew McConaughey's mother in 1992. Oh. What? I know. I'm just like, whoa. At least he went out doing what he loved, I guess. I know. This can't be the worst. It was with his wife. Mm Mm-hmm. Because fun side note, unfaithful men are more likely to die during sex than faithful ones. And it's been almost all men. Karma. Yeah, I know. I was like, karma, fuck you. Well, sexual activity is known as one of the mood repair strategies, which means it can be used to help dissipate feelings of sadness or depression. Mm -hmm. Well, it's unfortunate For a depressed person like me, who's very definitely not having sex with anybody at the moment, so whatever, guys. But the endorphins that are released can also help get rid of a headache. So, that like age old excuse, like, Oh, really? I've got a headache, isn't really a real excuse. Like, because he could help you get rid of your headache if he's doing his job right. I know, I just don't want to have sex while I'm having a headache. I went to bed at like 9 p.m. last night because I had such a bad headache. Oh, no. So. We're going to get a little into the public health sector. Cool. At some point in their lives, more than half of all humans will have an STD. Okay. Particularly the human papilloma. I don't know how to say this word. The human. Papilloma. Yes. The human papilloma virus or HPV. Recent study published in the American Journal of Medicine found that two thirds of otherwise healthy Americans of all ages have some form of HPV. Oh. Well, first of all, hi. And second of all. All this research reminded me that I should probably get a pap smear. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do that. When I got pregnant and you have to go in and you have to have exams on a frequent basis, right? And and my husband, such a darling, he went with me, but he had never experienced what a female exam was like. (laughs) And he was like shocked. Like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, this is what I got to go through. Okay. I was shocked. Because I had to get an ultrasound for some ovarian cyst, and I was shocked because I didn't know about the vaginal lawn part of the ultrasound, because the movies only show the belly part, yeah, and I was like, "Excuse me what now <laughs> oh okay what what's going on? Go for it, I guess, tell me whether not my cysts are exploding. I need to know, yeah, this is not portrayed correctly in the media. it's just very invasive, I mean, I've kind of gotten used to it because I do have HPV. I did have precancerous cells. I have gotten my cervix looked at a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and now it's like anybody who wants to. (laughs) You're like, why not? (laughs) What's it look like up there? The pap smear is actually named after one of its inventors. Giorgio's, let's see here. Papanicala. Nope. Papanic. Nope. (laughs) Papa. (laughs) It's Papa Nicolau. I'll go with Papa Nicolau. Okay. In the nineteen twenties, so figuring out our services even back then. Thanks, Pap. Thanks, Papa. There is an HPV vaccine now, and I would recommend it, but it seems to work best on young people between the ages of fifteen to twenty-six. So I was probably a little on the old side when I got mine, or already infected. I have no idea where mine came from. Mm-hmm. The STD that is the one that's most on the rise right now is herpes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can't see me. I'm clapping. (laughs) You're like, herpes. (laughs) No, was not clapping. (laughs) That's the other STD I've had, but I don't have that one anymore. You can get rid of it easily. That one was because someone was cheating on me. Yay. Oh, that's fucking lovely. Which is probably where the HPV came from as well. That one never got cleared up. Either way, medically or emotionally. Hmm. So anyway, currently, the CDC estimates that one in six Americans are infected with one of the herpes simplex viruses. Mm -hmm. So there's one in two, which is approximately 50 million people. Yeah. The journal Sexually Transmitted Diseases has estimated that by 2025, 40% of men and 50% of women could have herpes. And that is not that long from now. Mm -mm. And herpes is not a great one. Neither is HPV, to be honest. Cold is related to herpes somehow. It's related to herpes. I think it's just simplex virus one that, okay. that gives just the mouth. But I think one or two can do genital as well. Okay. Two is like mostly, I think, almost always genital, but one can also have genital components. It's not a great one. But neither is HPV because maybe I have cancer right now. Who knows? Hopefully not. I need to go get checked because I should be more up on it since I have had to go in for more checks but yeah covid fuck covid but covid some of these cases will definitely be in the elderly population who are having much more sex than you might think 30 percent of americans over 80 still have sex regularly Mm -hmm. and they don't really bother about protection i mean i guess if you get herpes when you're 80 whatever you'll be fine at least you're having fun i know good job guys like keep living i've heard that like nursing home facilities like they're like scandalous places yeah and i also heard that because there is a huge rise in STDs happening and i saw somewhere that it's because the baby boomer generation starting to go in that had the worst sexual education and like the most like kind of like closeted lives and so they're going and just like fucking losing it oh like pastor's kids oh yeah yeah, yeah. The Aztecs banned virgins from eating avocados because they believed it to be the fruit of the testicle tree. And as such, an aphrodisiac. Well, I mean, it looks like a testicle. It does, but I've eaten a lot of guacamole in my life. And I haven't really noticed a difference. You can use semen as invisible ink, but it will start to smell bad. They discovered that during World War I. <laughs> it's stanky. You're like, oh god, this definitely has a visible ink on it. <laughs> um you <laughs> Chicago's Smell and Taste Treatment and Research Foundation found that the smell of pumpkin can increase blood flow to the penis. So it's one more pro for spooky season. And pumpkin pie. Yay! In Witchy Bullshit Corner, archaeologists have uncovered a lead tablet from ancient Greece inscribed... May your penis hurt when you make love. Which is just such a concise and to the point. I fucking love it. That's definitely a, a hex. Do you like, I'm hexing you. Yeah, good job, Agent Greet. Which is, you got right to the point. That's a good one. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah. All right, this one sounds bonkers to me because how do you get anything done? But the average man has 11 erections per day and nine erections per night. Can that be right? Like full or semi or? I don't really say. I don't think they're like climactic. No, but it's just like, hello, goodbye. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> a study has found that having women wear warm socks during sex increased their chance of having an orgasm. And my feet are always cold. Hmm. Googling. Heated yeah. socks. No. <laughs> <laughs> just a regular sock. The average person spends 20,160 minutes kissing over a lifetime, which is two weeks, which seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot. On an ah slash fuck off note, the American Sociological Association found the most mind-blowing sex typically comes from being in love with your partner. I'm going to say yes, but it also helps when you are in love with your partner and they are in love with you and you are totally shit-faced drunk, and you're in Vegas. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put that out there. That could help a lot. I can see that. All right. Of course, if you have ichthyphalophobia, this might not be true, as ichthyphalophobia is the fear of having, seeing, or thinking about erections. You're, like, fearful of them? Yep. Even thinking about them. Does that more commonly afflict women or men? No idea, but it would sound particularly bad if you were a man. With yeah, because and you're getting nine during the night and 11 during the day. It's like uh, from rest of development and never nudes. And Tobias Fionke wears his like denim shorts in the shower so you don't have to look at it. <laughs> All righty. Interesting. <laughs> well, learning about a fear made my mind jump to fetishes. Naturally. Naturally. So, paraphilias are sexual interest in objects, situations, or individuals that are atypical. In his 2008 book on sexual pathologies, Anil Agrawal wrote, quote, Like allergies, sexual arousal may occur from anything under the sun, including the sun, End quote. which is known as actorasty, which is actorasty, which is arousal by the rays of the sun, <laughs> All right, so I have two to go back to ep- my episode twenty three dolls organic women episode. <laughs> so there is a galmatophilia, Kim? which is a person aroused by statues, mannequins, etc., and then more specifically pedophilia, which is specifically for dolls. Okay, let's see here. So I'm going to have you guys like guess these, but Sarah's not here, so I can guess. I can try. All right, can Chasm- you guess hockey lingo? I know you totally did. <laughs> casmophilia. Casmo, casmophilia. I am afraid of vaginas. No, you like. Oh, I like vaginas. Well, kind of. You're aroused by crevices, valleys, and caverns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Dendrophilia. Dendro. You should know this one. I'm thinking like dendrotoxin. Isn't that a thing? It is. I like pufferfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, you like trees. Oh, trees. I was thinking that's tetrodotoxin, is the pufferfish. Yeah. Okay. This was my personal favorite. A proctophilia. A procto. Tacos. Well, it is arousal from farts. Okay. Which I guess could come from a uh, gross tacos. But- I was close. I'm gonna yuck this yum. I don't like it. Formicophilia. Formico, like Formula One racing. <laughs> that would be so much better than arousal by insects or by insects crawling and nibbling on the body. Ah, uh, no, thank you. Hate it. We're going Formula One racing. I would so much rather Formula One racing here. Final answer. All right. Hematolagia. 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 Mm, i I'm gonna go... Is something I like or something I don't like? It's something we have discussed before. You probably don't like it. I wouldn't like it? None of us like it. Oh, anything to do with animals. Close. We finally found the word for blood fetish. Oh! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Who was that douchebag? Curtain? There's been a couple douchebags. Curtain. Curtin was a particularly big douchebag. Oh, they were all doing bad shit oh yeah yeah okay all right so that's the blood fetish okay that's the blood fetish one hebristophilia which is the one that most connects with our podcast and i do have a story about bris hebrista hebristophilia something about brisket <laughs> true brisket tried <laughs> It is arousal by the knowledge that one's partner has committed a heinous act or crime. Oh, so you're, like, sexually attracted or get off on the fact that, like, you're dating a bad girl or a bad boy or... Right, or there's, like, you're a serial killer groovy or something. Your prison pen pals. Yeah, so yeah. There's, a, there's a number of them. Okay. Let's see about this one. Mashalognia. Doesn't like mashed potatoes, or really does. I would hope really does, but it's actually... I don't like this one either. A fetish dedicated to armpits, including kissing, licking, smelling, and inserting the penis in the armpit for stimulation. would do nothing for most people. Yes, it is rare. Armpits, huh? Armpits, huh? Shaven or non-shaven armpits. Whatever your preference is, I guess. I don't like that one. I don't like that one either. Menophilia. Like menopause? Menophilia? Older women? Close, but it is actually... Menstrual period. Oh, so an obsession with menstrual blood. Gross. Which is probably pretty rare, as seventy percent of men refuse to have sex with their partner when she is on her period. I also refuse to have sex when I'm on my period. Number one, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, God, I know, right? It's just like you don't feel good. You've got don't feel good hormones going on. You've got no, no. And honestly, I'm not going to give you a blowjob. That's not what that week is for you either. Neither one of us are getting anything. What you can do is get me some tacos and a beer and watch TV with me. That's what you can do. I did not include this, but there was also men who do housekeeping have more sex. Hell the fuck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So there you go. There's nothing sexier than a man vacuuming or doing dishes. I tell you what. <laughs> this one, oculolintis. Something with eyes. Something with eyes, specifically the desire to lick eyeballs. Oh fuck no! No. All right, pubophilia. That's totally doesn't like pubes. No, loves pubes. Loves, loves pubes. pubes. Phobias doesn't like phobia. Philia, okay, loves. Loves pubes. Big bush. Oh, like um, John Christie that had those little pubic hairs and that Altoids tin. I forgot about that. Well, there you go. This one's so super fucking random. Siderodromophilia. Siderodromos. It sounds like a cactus almost. It kind of does. A fetish for trains or engaging in sexual activity on a train. So you're either sexually attracted to the train itself or you just want to have sex on the train. I can see the latter, not the former. I... I can as well, but... Hmm. Hm. Okay. Stickyophilia. Come. What? (laughs) (laughs) The love of come. I don't know. I'm terrible at guessing. It's actually arousal by thoughts of hell and eternal damnation. Sticky? Sticky Stickyo. Oh, I thought you said sticky. Oh, no. Stickyophilia, but... Okay. Fair enough. And the last one I'll say is zoophilia. Zoo animals. Dressing like an animal for sex, or feeling romantic attraction to animals. No, thank you. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Well, too bad, because I cannot bring up zoophilia and not mention Mister Hands, also known as Two Guys One Horse, or the Enumclaw Claw Horse Sex Case. Okay, so FYI, I work in Enumclaw. Claw. <laughs> Every time I would drive through Ian on Cloud and to watch it, and I would think about this motherfucker. Yeah, it's still very much on everybody's minds. It's oh, yeah. Not something you can not know or. Yeah, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, let's hear this. It's been forever imprinted on my mind. Mm hmm. Me too. And I think it was probably one of the first things that I saw on the internet that made me understand what the internet was going to be. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, 2006 was a different time, but woof. So there's that. You can try to find Mr. Hand's Two Guys, One horse, if you want. Don't do it. Damn. Yeah. But also for up here, up in our area, right, this was in every major newspaper. Oh, this was, yeah. The media coverage on this was fucking insane. And I read the police were expecting the media to not cover it all because of the nature of oh, what no. it was. And they went the other direction. They completely. fucking blew it up. Oh, my God. Honestly, don't look for it, because if you want to find something like that, there's been much better stuff probably done since then. But it is internet history, if you are an internet historian. (laughs) All right. So, the man was named Kenneth Pinion, and the horse was named Big Dick. Maybe not professionally, but at least by this circle of friends. Pinion was a 45-year-old man who lived in Oak Harbor, Washington. He worked for Boeing for eight years. Seemed basically normal. He had been previously married to a woman and had children with her. He had recently bought land in Gig Harbor, Washington, where he planned to build a new home and a barn where he planned to keep a horse. Big Dick? Mm, or Somebody. Okay. I think Big Dick was actually owned by like some farmers that did not know that it was being used for this purpose. And I don't think his name was actually Big Dick. That's his nickname in the zoophilia circles. Okay. Well, fair enough. So after a motorcycle accident, Pinion lost the ability to experience certain sensations. Kind of vague on that. But he began seeking out increasingly extreme sexual acts on the internet. And in the early 2000s, he found a group of men who had similar interests. And they would begin to have group meetups at a farm in an unincorporated area of King County, Washington, (laughs) about five miles northwest of Enumclaw. They would film each other being anally penetrated by horses. And then they would also have sex with each other afterwards. There's about the gape. If you want to get technical, they had a sexual fixation on large penises, not necessarily horses. It's more of a size thing than it was a horse thing. But I think there are people that really just love horses. All right. So the group was led by James Michael Tate, a truck driver who lived in a trailer next to the farm. He was the videographer of the events that took place on July 2nd. 2005, and the unidentified man who had dropped Pinion off at the Enumclaw Community Hospital. I love that you know this story. <laughs> this is a little town, folks. It is a little town. It's like never going to live this down now, but um, nope. uh, Pinion was wheeled into the examination room before medical staff would realize he was already dead. According to the medical examiner's office, Pinion, quote, died of acute peritonitis due to perforation of the colon. And ruled that his death was accidental. I guess so. Uh, it was accidental it was definitely an on accident. the horse's part, but they were engaging in an activity they wanted to be engaging in. And I don't think but he's the horse already dead, so was a willing participant. Well, I did see that on this particular night, the horse might have not been as interested as normal. So maybe that's why he killed you. He's like, I don't want to fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> What they did find was that the horse was fine. It had suffered no adverse effects. People were understandably outraged, but law enforcement quickly found that their hands were tied because Washington State currently had no law against bestiality. Yep, yep. The most that they could charge James Michael Tate with was criminal trespass in the first degree. Because they were on that farm and they were not allowed. On that other farm, yeah. They had not gotten permission. And my not have gotten permission. Probably not. Let's hope not. Tate entered an Alford plea, which is a form of a guilty plea in which the accused maintains that they are innocent, factually innocent, but acknowledges that the evidence would likely lead to a conviction. Mm -hmm. Tate was sentenced to a suspended one-year sentence, a $300 fine, one day of community service, and was ordered to never visit the farm again. So basically nothing. Almost nothing. And then he moved to Tennessee. And got in trouble for the very same thing. Seriously? I did not know that. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't go into that, but he did move to Tennessee and then, yeah, definitely got caught again like a year or two later. Jesus. Shortly after Pinion died, Washington State Senator Pam Roach crafted a bill that made bestiality a Class C felony. Yes, she did. Thank you, Pam. Punishable by up to five years in jail and a $10,000 fine. Yes. Quote, it was an almost comically easy law to pass. And no one came forward to advocate for bestiality. Yeah, that was the easiest thing that ever passed our legislature. (laughs) And I believe also the reason why they didn't have bestiality on the law is because they had repealed some of these old sex laws that maybe included things like homosexual sex Mm -hmm. or like all the other stuff that used to not be okay. They just repealed the whole law. And they're like, oh, wait, we should probably put bestiality back on the books. Yeah, let's drop that one back there. We should probably do that. A lot of those old laws are super weird. There's a lot of elements to them, so they yeah. just kind of missed that part, yeah, but seems fine now, and I don't think anyone has been arrested for bestiality in Washington state since. but to not end this episode of bestiality, thank you Sarah would have hated this at least you know it. I know it, so it's I mean not shocked by it it's like, like whatever it was literally our life for like a year is every. Oh. Every newspaper, every newscast, every everything, like it it just talked about it for fucking ever. And I want to know if Sarah knows about it and if she watched it in her dorm room in college as I did. God damn. That was back in the early days of the internet. I do not think the Adventists were savvy enough to like monitor what websites I was going to. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even if you were on a news website, would they be mad about a news website? I saw the video. Oh. But whatever. So. Oh, of the actual act? I just saw like a clip. I've never seen the video because I never wanted to. Like, logistically, this just seems unreasonable to me in my mind. But. I have an interest in what the human body can take. Is capable of. What it's capable of. And so I have watched some weird stuff. Not aroused by it. Just interested. I can push a baby out my peepee. So there's that. There's that. Which my husband said the other day, we were talking, because I'd seen this video of this guy that like basically died while his wife was birthing the placenta. So she like, she's got her baby, the baby on her chest. Yeah. And there's afterbirth, right? So for any of our male listeners or or female listeners that may not know this, you birth your baby and then you, all of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's not pretty. And so I had asked my husband, I was like, cause he didn't do well when our daughter was born. Like he almost died himself, but he did <laughs> say he was oddly fascinated by the afterbirth because it's just so like crazy. Like that's all the stuff that was keeping our daughter alive. Fascinating. And mm-hmm. I like, I was on this training grant that paid my tuition for like two years. And part of it was we had to shadow different doctors at the hospital and I loved going to the surgery once just being looking inside someone's body like what the fuck it's crazy fascinating Mm -hmm. it's so interesting and the butthole can do a lot yes what my research has shown yes hi teddy (laughs) I know I'm still sitting on what stimulates pubic hair well I did research what is the average length of a horse penis because I was like is there a range or are they all just the same size there's a range it depends I guess on like the breed. Human penises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, to not end this episode on bestiality, I decided to end on a slightly better note with the story of a woman who loves serial killers. Okay. Unfortunately, while researching this, I stumbled across the incel wiki. Cause Uh-oh. there's a wiki for fucking everything. Like literally fucking everything. Not the incels. Okay. Yeah. Tell me all about it. Well, yes, there is an incel party, a political party that was created in 2019. Some of them are fine. Criminal justice reform. A monthly government allowance for the poor. That's whatever. Some of them are weird, but mostly harmless. Make anime great again. And make more Michael Sarah movies, but where he's not just shy, but unemployed and living with his parents. Okay. Specifics. Uh, And then it gets bad. Abolish psychiatry which most incels need, pay femcels and incels to date each other. State-mandated femdom girlfriends make brothels and sex robots readily available for everyone. This is the most, like, fleshed-out part of their platform. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know incels, because femdom, I thought, was, like, females, the dominant partner. Mm-hmm. I didn't think incels were into that. So I don't know why they want state-mandated femdom girlfriends. Bizarre. Anyway, I'm not posting a link to that on the website. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. Uh, Let's uh, worry about women's rights for now since we're crushing them. Yes. So let's talk about hybristophilia and meet Veronica Compton. Okay. In 1980, she wrote a letter to Kenneth Bianchi, who was one half of the Hillside Stranglers, and he was serving multiple life sentences for rape and murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Ostensibly, she sent him the letter because she wanted to interview him as research for a script that she was writing about a female serial killer. But within a few months, after writing back and forth and meeting with him at least once, and maybe only once, they had concocted a plan in which Veronica would murder a random woman in the same manner of the Hillside Stranglers to make it look as though Bianchi was innocent. Holy fuck. And they came up with all sorts of plans including one where she would dress as a nun. But Veronica settled on traveling up to Bellingham, Washington in a, a pregnancy disguise and a wig. And since the Hillside Stranglers had raped their victims, Bianca smuggled a semen-filled condom to her in the spine of a book so that she could make it look like the Hillside Stranglers were still on the loose, and she brought that condom with her to Bellingham. Jesus Christ. And she would meet 26-year-old Kim Breed at a bar. Aww. And lure her back to her hotel room. Mm -hmm. Once inside, Veronica put a ligature around Kim's throat and tried to strangle her. Luckily, Kim was able to escape and go to the police. Yeah. Yeah. So Veronica would receive a life sentence for first-degree attempted murder Mm -hmm. with the possibility of parole. And while at the Washington Correction Center for Women, she started writing back and forth with another serial killer. This time, Doug Clark one half of the Sunset Strip Killers. Oh my god. And Doug Clark, along with his girlfriend, Carol Bundy, Bundy's just not a great name. No. Killed at least six women and girls in the Los Angeles area. Doug was partial to decapitations, so Veronica once sent him a Valentine's Day letter with a photo of a headless female corpse. And not really sure how that made it through prison censors on either end, but it was the 80s. Yeah. She would eventually move on to someone who was not a serial killer, but rather a political science professor at Eastern Washington University, James Wallace. Okay. He sometimes taught at prisons, and Veronica reached out to him after hearing one of his lectures in 1987. He apparently was a hybristophile himself, and their correspondence led to this blossoming of a wonderful new relationship, and in 1989, Wallace divorced his wife of 38 years so that he could marry Veronica. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Veronica had a son whom she had given birth to at age 17, and she had lost contact with him after she went to prison. She decided to get back in contact and escape from prison in July 1989 to try to find him. I don't know if she did, but she was caught after a week and a half on the run, sent back to prison, but was able to convince Wallace to adopt him. And I guess they also got conjugal visits because... In 1993, Veronica gave birth to a daughter who had been fathered by Wallace. Uh, in 1996, despite the fact that she had escaped from prison, and I I just don't really understand this, she was let out on parole. Winnie Ruth Judd got out of parole after she had escaped for six years. Yeah, but that was a little older. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Well, she joined Wallace and her daughter in Cheney? Cheney? Cheney. Cheney, Washington. And her son was an adult by this time. Veronica's parole would only last for two weeks. Shit. A social worker would come to visit Veronica at Wallace's house to check on their daughter. Veronica answered the door naked and had what the social worker described as pornographic paintings on the wall. Although lawyers would dispute as to whether they were inappropriate or not, whatever. Yeah, but there's a lot of nude art type stuff. I don't know. Eh, whatever. Well... Veronica had also stopped seeing her counselor, which was a condition of her parole. Yes. So Veronica went back to prison regardless of what the art was. Mm-hmm. She earned parole for the second time in 2003 and has laid low ever since. Uh, the one thing that I did find about her, she does sell abstract paintings and one that is not quite abstract as it appears to be an adult's head emerging from a vagina titled The Birth. I'll put it on the website. Yeah. And that's all I have. Interesting. So this was a weird, jumpy thing, but we're, I did it. I enjoyed it, except for the bestiality stuff. I learned some stuff. Yay! I was going to say grooming fatalities. Uh, no, grooming <laughs> injury statistics. There hasn't been a grooming fatality. I think that paper would have mentioned it, because I did read the whole thing. <laughs> I'll put it on the website. Even Lorena Bobbitt didn't successfully get a fatality No, it was of not hers. a fatality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was tangential yes. to true crime, but it was fun. No, there's true crime in there. There's, there's... true crime in it. I love the statistics. I love those weird I laws. I Fantastic. The I loved The laws it. is like where I got the idea from. And then I was like, I need more than just laws. So mm-hmm. this yeah. was born. No, this is great. Rebirth. <laughs> I've got some astrology. I, I looked at the week. It's going to be a busy week. This episode is going to air on July 11th. And on Tuesday, July 12th, Venus and Gemini will be trine with Saturn and Aquarius. Trine. Mm-hmm. Trines are good, man. So this is going to be a good day to kind of talk to a trusted mentor and get some advice on obtaining goals, but you really want to be realistic about your expectations in order to obtain these goals. So that's why it suggested that you reach out to someone that you trust and that someone who has maybe provided guidance to you before. And then on Wednesday, July 13th, we get a full moon in Capricorn and we love hey, our Sunny. caps. Mm-hmm. And this is all about success, never taking no for an answer. I will apply for that job that I'm not qualified for. Yeah, just don't take no for an answer. And like no one's talking to me. So they're not even they're not giving me anything. Yeah, (laughs) It's it's a good day. And then we also have a couple other pieces to this day. There's Like I said, there's a lot going on on Wednesday. So Mercury and Cancer will be sextile with Uranus and Taurus. And so we're also going to get this aspect that gives us really a boost of mental fortitude to make a quick decision, which is a good thing. And then also Venus and Gemini is going to be square with Neptune and Pisces. And we've talked about this before. Squares are not Great, but if you're aware of them too, you can kind of plan for it. Mm-hmm. So, with this aspect, you're gonna want to avoid people that might guilt trip you. I was there with you, avoid people. There you go. I mean, if fine, you're just avoiding people, that's great. <laughs> if you are encountering people and they kind of start this bullshit, like just don't let anyone harsh or mellow, okay? Just don't. That's a very like cancer thing to say, right? And we are still in cancer season, so, yeah, like, you know, just, yeah, just fucking don't let people get to you. So, you're taking no for an answer, but in this case, you can tell people, other people no, is what I'm going to recommend. Who also may not be taking no for an answer, and it will be an infinite loop, but. You can walk away. You can walk away. Yeah, walk or away. Or just not get involved at all. Avoid, avoidance. That's the easiest. And then on Saturday, July 16th, the Sun and Cancer is going to be conjunct with Mercury and Cancer. And so this is going to be a good day to catch up with friends and oh. family, which is very appropriate. So enjoy that wonderful Saturday. And then hey. Sunday on July 17th, the Sun and Cancer will be trine with Neptune and Pisces. And this combination gives us a really good sense of empathy thanks to the Pisces energy. And the Cancer. Yes, and the Cancer. But that that empathy plays into the ability to look at someone else's perspective, which I think is has some really good Cancer energy in there as well. Um, also, on the 17th, Mercury and Cancer will be trine with Neptune in Pisces. And this is going to be a really great day to express yourself in a very positive way by releasing your inner artist. So draw, color, paint, I don't know, anything fun and colorful. And then also on the 17th, Venus enters Cancer. So the planet of love is going Hmm. to enter Cancer. And so it's a plus and minus here because you know, you can get your emotional highs as well as your emotional lows in cancer. So for the next four weeks, we're gonna be a little bit more tender, we're gonna be a little bit more protective and caring with a side of moody and clingy. So just FYI. Well, you can be all those those first things for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And then Cancer loves self-care. They do. So you know maybe this is a really great day for you to get a massage or Get a pedicure or, I don't know, just a little self-love. How about that? Mm -hmm. And that is what I have for astrology. Okay, I just, I guess, want to very quickly address Roe v. Wade. Yes. And what has happened. We're not going to do a whole thing on it because it's a sensitive subject for lots of people. But I think, I'm going to speak for Sarah here, that we are very unhappy With the events of... Was that last Friday? Yeah. I can't even remember what my rights were taken away from me, but... Super fucking disappointed with this. It's extremely disappointed. It's... I'm very mad. I am. As a white girl with her tubes tied in California, technically won't touch me very much, but it's definitely going to hit the poorer communities way harder. Mm -hmm. And I would say right now... What I'm doing, I'm just not trying to reinvent the wheel, but donating. There's a lot of abortion support networks. I, well, you don't follow my Instagram listeners, but you can find the information for the trigger states, specific, Mm -hmm. specific charities to donate to and all of that. The infrastructure is here. Yeah, absolutely. To help. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid the coat hanger imagery Mm -hmm. because i Did start writing an episode about abortion, and we do have that pill now, so it's not like it's not the same, but you do have to be able to get that the pill. Yeah, you have to have access to it. I was reading a journal article, and it was about getting abortion access online. And some girl who lives in Florida was living abroad. She got pregnant. Abortion wasn't even legal in the country that she was in, but it was easier for her to get an abortion there than to come back to Mm -hmm. her hometown to get it. So, so there's all of that bad stuff and I would like to say on a positive note, not that this is positive, but so I live in Washington State and we are a pro-choice state. And I know there's a lot of shit that goes around about Washington for a variety of political reasons, and I will not get into any of that. But almost immediately after the decision came down on Friday, our state of Washington and our Department of Health were putting out social media posts and full support of, you know, with our state legislature and our governor about women's rights. And I was I was humbled by that in just the political atmosphere that we have been in for many years now, it was nice to see something positive from our state um, in that fashion. And I mean, it was almost instantaneous support for a woman's right to choose. And I was very, very appreciative of that. I'll say California. It's California. The big places are blue, so everyone expects this. But Gavin Newsom did sign a law to protect abortion in california as well washington oregon and california all signed an agreement like a multi-state agreement to continue to support women's rights so i'm just trying not to reinvent the wheel i'm trying to not get in the way i keep learning every day new stuff from instagram about you know like i would say 100 you can come to california and stay with me but apparently that's there's already the network set up. I don't need to do that. There's a network. It's ready for you. There are so many resources out there. It's There really it's are. impressive. Yeah. And I guess uh, find your inner Penelope Garcia to look this stuff up without anybody knowing about it. I was Googling straight up, but I, I'm in California, so I felt safe to do it. Pills are fine. You have a right to choose what you want to do with your body and what you want to do with your life because it's going to affect everything. Yeah. And a bunch of old white rapists probably shouldn't have a say in um what women can do with their bodies. I also need to backtrack here, too. And remember about my inclusive language. It's not women. It's people with uteruses, I guess, is the term to use. Like trans people can get pregnant as well. So I think it's important for everyone to have the right to choose what is going to work for them. Mm-hmm. And not just in this case, but in, in general, too, like one of the big things as a mom, I know, Hannah, that's not the path that you want for yourself. But like, I experienced almost a level of bullying when I was pregnant with oh. people who are like, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. This is oh, what's yeah. best for your child. This is what's best for a healthy baby. There's so much bullshit out there and people's opinions of what's good and what's bad and it's overwhelming and then like definitely see that people are super fucking judgmental when it comes to breastfeeding or bottle feeding or what kind of diaper you're using or it's insane how much we tear each other down what i mostly read more from like mommy blogs mommy Mm. groups on like facebook it's not always a safe place to be either no. And what I found and what I try to pass along to anyone who I know that's going to be a first time mom is buy everything in white because you can bleach it. Good idea. Okay. Those fancy clothes. No. When you're at home, that kid's either in a white onesie or, or just a diaper. I swear to God. That kid can't become goth later. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine but for like just cleanly purposes and laundry purposes because they shit and piss and vomit everywhere. It's why hotels only have like white sheets and white towels. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. So that's my number one recommendation. Number two is you do what works for you and your family because things that worked for me, I know clearly did not work for other people, but things that other people were telling me in this like, very bossy advice that I was being given was not something that was working for me either. People are going to tell you shit. Like, just don't, just smile and nod. They're going to tell you shit regardless and like... Smile and nod and do what works for you. So if it's breastfeeding, if it's bottle feeding, if it's whatever, just take a breath and do what's best for yourself. And that does bring me back to the fact to point out that this is not because the republicans and the supreme court have any notion of like really wanting to help people they just want to control bodies and they want to keep our disenfranchised communities down so that they can actually rise up and make the changes and like because like what was it like two weeks ago it might still be going on there was that formula shortage yeah And they're like oh let's force people to have babies we won't give we don't have the worst maternal care like Leave like everything here. We, if we really cared about human life, then there's a lot of things we could put into place to actually address that, and that is not this thing. So, like, there's other countries, I think it's some of our Norwegian countries, they really know what's going on. For me, when I had my daughter, I had to not get paid for six weeks. I could take it off. Oh, but I couldn't get paid for it. There's now in place in Washington state where we have, where you can get paid for it. And you only got six weeks, six weeks, but that's six weeks to bond with my child. And you know how hard it was for me to put her in care after that with someone that was, not oh, I'm me? saying you only got six weeks, only six weeks. Cause like some of these other Norwegian countries months and they have the same for paternal like leave as well, which is I think is good too. I'd have to look it up, but I think it was either Sweden or Norway. I can't remember which one, but I think it's like the mother gets the first year. Oh wow, that's and you're that means. And I don't think it's one hundred percent of your pay, but I think it's like seventy percent of your pay, which is sure. fine because you're at home. I think I'm fine. You're, you're not yeah. necessarily, you know, going out and doing a bunch of stuff. You're not contributing to the workforce per se, but you are contributing to the population mm-hmm. like of that country and like trying to raise a decent little human being but then they give the dad the following year so essentially parents oh my God. get two years right at that's least amazing that's what i read but it's like we don't have that over here and there are if you want to support children and you want to take care of children like there are so many things that You know, we've got kids that don't have any lunch money to get any food. And we don't even want to give the lunch money to the public schools. Like if you cared about kids, we would fund these programs for the poor kids, give them their free lunches, whether or not schools in session. They should get them over the summer too. Absolutely. There should be more literacy programs. There should be more mental health services. Mental health services is my platform that I will die on, Mm -hmm. which is also why I don't think we need as many cops. A lot of what cops respond to are actually mental health emergencies or situations, and so... But we also decided to close all our mental institutions. Not like they were super great, but at least there was something. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much that we can do. Child care is obscenely expensive. I literally was paying half of my pay... And I, w- I had, like, a good rate, right? Half of my paycheck. Because I feel like I've... Like, read people are just like, it's not even worth it for me to go back to work because I'll be spending most of what I earn on childcare. So... Yeah. Kind of cancels out. No, and I have a coworker that's spending upwards of three grand a month for childcare. Three grand. That's insane. Right? It's not, like, insane. It's a child, like, caretakers of children, you know, deserve it, but... They should probably get maybe not paid by the parents per se, but maybe the state or something. Well, and I mean, I know that there's like things in place, right? And there's like help that you can get if you can qualify for it and stuff. But the point is, we could do better if you actually we could do so much better care about these lives that they say they care about then show me that you care by putting all of these other programs and giving all of these other resources. Because otherwise, I just think you're being a fucking hypocrite. They are being a fucking hypocrite. Because I know. Also, maybe do something about all of these school shootings. There's a lot of fucking issues I that we could fucking tackle. All they care about is the fetus. And once the fetus is born, it's whatever. You're on your own. but That's what it seems like. I just, I'm very upset about it. Mm-hmm. My mom responded to one of my Instagram posts and said that she basically, like, she knew it was coming, and she's, this is, like, one of the only times she's ever cried in response to, like, a political thing. Yeah. And, you know, she was alive when Roe v. Wade was passed. She was probably at a pretty decent, like, probably in her 20s at that point, Mm -hmm. so it might have made a pretty big impact on her. Like I said, there's not even enough words to describe how fucking disappointing this is and how angry I am. My approach to my anger is a little different. I just, I'm raising a child right now, so I can't exude a level of anger and frustration. I can't. I'm just raising cats and they already bite me. Yeah, they do bite (laughs) you a lot. What I can do is I can raise my daughter to know her worth and I can raise my daughter to know that her choices are important and the things that she wants in her life are important and give her the tools she has to obtain her goals and and help her to become well-educated and to just basically give her the tools that she needs in her life to be a well-rounded person that but knows her worth yeah that's what I can do that's the impact that I can have directly in this world is by helping my daughter learn to love herself yeah so that's hard. where I'm focusing my anger and my tension and mine is what can I do to raise my daughter and if you're raising a son same difference absolutely not raising a child I am focusing more on finding good places to donate my money mm-hmm. absolutely I actually was super mad Friday and I applied for three more jobs that morning just so I could get a job, make more money, and actually make make meaningful donations. Mm -hmm. Ready making monthly donations. So I got to find a little space for this one too. But it's a good way to channel that energy that you have into something positive. Like, do what you can do. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'll say I don't donate very much right now. Like, I have like three charities i give like 20 bucks a month to basically and so now i'll add find a good abortion one to do i haven't found one yet because i'm very poor right now but i'm getting paid soon you do what you need to do i feel like even just giving a couple dollars is good if you have a skill set to use use it like i don't feel like i have a great skill set to work with people (laughs) (laughs) but you know i can have my dumb job saving the fish and then give the people money that can actually do something with it but absolutely and and like you were saying earlier, these resources are available. There are people out there who are so completely skilled and talented oh, in yeah. organizing and logistics and assistance for for this, and there are resources out there. A lot of them, because a lot of a people lot. care. Anyway. We love you. We support you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Through everything. Just as people in general, I think we tend to focus on the negative things. I mean, clearly we're a true crime podcast. Negative shit happens in life. But when something as detrimental as this, it has been really refreshing to see the love that people are sharing um, and the support that they are giving. So we do truly appreciate that. It really shows like what your community is made of. It really shows how much... Our government does not represent the people anymore, but that's a different issue. But, like, there's a lot of individual, like, good and support in the world still. My biggest message is, you know, just be kind. So we took a very fun sex episode and. I know, but I think it's important. It is. It is important. There are consequences to sex. There are consequences for everything you do. Some are good, some are bad, but there is a consequence for every action you take in life. And sometimes it gives you itchy crotch. Just saying. Sometimes it does. (laughs) Most of the time you can cure that. So, anyway, just to say... We're all pro-choice here, and if you want to argue about when life begins, you can fuck right off. I'm not even bothering having that argument anymore. That's not worth anybody's time. It's not worth it at all what we would love to know is if your state has any weird random sex law so reach out to us on twitter at true trying on instagram at true crime trying on facebook at tct podcast you can email us directly at true crime trying at gmail.com you can hit us up on discord and check out our website com. maybe i'll put some links on there too yeah absolutely well i have I don't know who says this, but tell me what a person finds sexually attractive, and I will tell you their entire philosophy of life. Well, Hannah's is work boots. Mm, (laughs) That does say a lot. So, it's a whole thing. But that was... I love it. But yeah. Anyway, bye! Bye! Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email trine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.